Hi, this is Kelly Walker, and I am the queen of manifesting. In this podcast, I'm going to teach you everything I know about the law of attraction and how to start getting more of what you want and less of what you don't. So stick around, learn how to level up your life, and welcome to the queendom. Hey, it's Kelly Walker, and welcome to today's episode. We have a special guest today, and I'm excited to introduce my very first ever podcast guest. Tristan Chiklowski is an amazing brainiac to me. Like, his brain is on a whole different level, and he is a speaker and a philosopher, and he has amazing thoughts and things to share with the world, and I'm super excited that he's my first podcast guest. Yay! Thank you for coming on, Tristan. Thank you. So, um, we've had some fun conversations about mindfulness and manifesting. And so on my podcast, I teach people how to manifest what they want. And I do a lot of troubleshooting on why they're not manifesting things. And, you know, I go into different topics of you know, manifesting money, manifesting health, um, manifesting anything you can think of. So you have some really good insights on how mindfulness can affect your powers of manifesting. So let's talk about that. So why don't you first talk about what is mindfulness? What, what does that look like? I'm sure most of your audience already knows or has heard it before. <clears throat> so for the ones who haven't, mindfulness is almost a meta concept. It's knowing what you're thinking about rather than being the thoughts themselves. If you've ever watched two people talk, you immediately have a, you know, you can look at that conversation and you have like your own objectification, your own thought process, your own persuasion against it. Mindfulness is taking that mental ability that we do naturally and turning it on ourselves and really watching it and seeing what we do as habitual creatures. Um, the, so when you actually say mindfulness, it is really saying that I am aware of what I am aware of instead of just being set awareness. My best example is got to be relationships, anger, and dispute. When you are having a conversation with someone you love and because you love them, emotions are always, they always have a, a good, very wide pathway that they can run down. And all of a sudden they've said something that's upset you and now they weren't necessarily angry, but now you are and you're speaking to them with anger. The second you realize that you're upset and try to change course, that moment of awakening, that moment of new awareness, like, wait a minute. I love this person. I don't want to be upset. How can I change course in that small area? That is where mindfulness really shines. You're like, Oh, I see what I'm thinking rather than being those thoughts. Does that make sense? Yes. That's a really good way to explain it too. And I've had that situation many times <laughs> where I've been like Mrs. Cranky pants. And all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute. I, I don't want this. I don't want to be cranky. I don't want to be mean. And, you know, crankiness is contagious. So then, you know, I don't want to spread it. So, yeah, that's a really good example. It was, it was the first way that I had really realized it. I, I, me and my wife at about our five-year mark were 
I was very unsatisfied that we weren't growing consistently every year because I've had this uh, internal need to be better every day of my life. And that need is, you know, filled with a darkness of like, why aren't you better? So it's not oh. a holy light that drives me, but an oppressive yeah. force that requires it. Just mm-hmm. so, to know that, the, you know, as there's two sides to that coin. But what I was realizing is uh, my goal in my relationship with my wife was to love her unconditionally and to make her life better. It wasn't for me to feel better. And I was seeing myself uh, just say things that were, they were very true, but they were worded in the worst appropriate way to get a positive response. And it was when I started noticing like, oh my God, I'm literally upsetting my wife every morning. And all I would like to do is have a pleasant conversation with her. And no part of my intention was like, I'm going to wake up this morning. I'm going to hear what she has to say and then just jab her with why she's wrong. And (laughs) That was my first real mindful experience. Like, this is not my intention. I, and I want, I, want to stay, I want to stay pure to my intention, regardless of how I feel or what I, where I am in life. And, you know, you, you said you love that person. That should be your intention. And yes. that, that really opened up mindfulness to me a lot. Being angry at someone you don't want to be angry at is one of the quickest ways to measure it. And it's also one of the quickest ways to course correct and teach yourself that you can. It is a choice. Not saying you won't be angry while you're course correcting. Yeah, it's a neurological thing. It takes some time to run through the system. Right. I I'm interested that you said um, your how intention is connected to mindfulness because intention is also crucial to manifesting. So it sounds like it's kind of a three point triangle with manifesting, mindfulness, and intention. Since there's so many ways to describe or to kind of, um, not exemplify, but if you have an intention and your actions are are not in in line with that intention, mindfulness seems to be the only trick to catch that and notice. Mindfulness is a upgrade on your actual awareness. And Mm -hmm. I believe that is why so much of it does connect with manifestation. At its core, everything that I've learned and come to understand about manifesting is that you are going to set a mental mind frame and a preferably a visual if you can in your head because you're setting off far more neurons of I want X, Y, Z. For me, it's, it's, a, it's a generic happiness and uh, feeling of success. Mm-hmm. And if at any point in time my thoughts are not in alignment with what I want my overall manifestation to be, mindfulness is the thing that raises its hand in your head and says, we're not on track. You've you've lost your course. Mindfulness is almost the compass to intention, but it's a, it's a muscle that needs to be worked out because our subconscious, you know, we do only use 10% of our brains. We are only 10%. I mean, when you look at your whole brain, your consciousness is a very, very small portion of the total use. And it's also the most calorie intensive. So when you, when you look at it, it's, it's very important to kind of realize like your subconscious not only is more efficient, it's the baseline of everything we're doing. And most of it was created for us before we were adults and our prefrontal lobe was fully grown. Mindfulness is that thing that's like, hey, wait a minute, but it's always a step behind. So you really have to be very, you have to hear it. You have to have like a very tuned sense of whenever that voice is like, wait a minute, that you listen to it more than the much louder, deeper voice uh, that comes from that subconscious that, you know, it knows everything about you. It's, it's, it's what we are. So in manifesting, it's so quickly to say, I mean, how many times have you been trying to manifest what you want and a dirtier picture comes in or reasons why it's not going to happen comes in? Oh, yeah, all the time. 
and, I, and the thing that I find when I start teaching people mindfulness practices early on, they find out that that conversation has been going far longer than they realize because you get lost in thought and all of a sudden you're like five, six sentences into why this manifestation can't happen before you realize it. And through consistently practicing mindfulness, you catch it sooner and there are really glorious times where you almost like a cloud, you see it coming at you rather than already being part of it. And you're like, Oh, and you just let it pass you by because you realize like, that is not me. That is not how I feel. That is not what I'm looking for. It's just existing in my consciousness for a little bit. And mindfulness really gives you the ability to see it before it takes over the bulk of your conscious bandwidth. That's amazing. I like the cloud analogy. It feels that way. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's far less of an analogy when it's happening. It really seems very visceral. Yeah. So if you, um, if you want to increase your level of mindfulness, what do you do? How do you do that? How do you build that muscle? So the short answer is meditation. But that's okay. like someone saying, how do I get a nice chest? You just say, you yell gym at them. <laughs> go to the gym right yeah, but that's that's not, but you have a whole body that has so many things happening that working out isn't wouldn't get you a bigger chest these specific types of workouts would and a reason that so many people have a problem starting any meditation habit is because it has that same feeling of like i don't even know if i'm meditating never mind if i'm accomplishing it so yeah. although i would use meditation a lot in this i want you to try to keep in your head that I'm really talking about a specific workout, but that falls under the umbrella of meditation. And unfortunately, the English language doesn't have a more specific word. Um, so we are, we, you do meditate to increase your mindfulness. Now, what meditation are we doing? Right. I have found, I have, a, I have a course that takes people over three months that kind of layers in different exercises of mindfulness. But the one that I always start with is Vipassana, which is following your breath. It's also called mindfulness again. The English language, does, it's, it just doesn't have the language that Hindu and the Chinese have for all of these exercises. But if you decided, now a decision is important because a decision is making a commitment to something. And you said for the next 10 minutes, I'm deciding that I'm going to pay attention to my breath. So... A decision and intention are actually very similar yeah. in that format. So if I sit down for 10 minutes and I say, I'm going to pay attention to my breath, the only thing you're actually doing is the second you notice or realize or become mindful that you're not doing that, you proceed to push yourself back to paying attention to your breath. And what you're doing is you're systematically just saying, I said I would do this, noticing then that you're not, and now doing that again. And now you can do that with anything. It could be thinking about the color blue. It could be, I mean, I like the breath because you breathe naturally, but you're yeah. just, you're, you're giving yourself a mental rhythm and ritual and you're building a neural pathway of noticing when you are not, you're doing something you said you wouldn't do. And then the hard part is the practice of coming back to it. And so it, the coming back to it is a whole nother exercise. But since you, if you notice, you have to go back to continue. That is the, the, the quickest way. Like I said, I wouldn't be angry with my wife. The second I notice I'm angry with my wife, every part of my soul 
is not letting me do that, no matter how much of my emotions are trying to push it through. Because you'll find, I'm thinking, you know, the first question someone will ask is like, well, I don't know if I'm thinking about my breath. If that is the conversation in your head, then you are thinking about your breath. <laughs> you know, if you're saying breathe, you're thinking about your breath. If yeah. you're trying to use a physical thing like hand on stomach is useful because not only do you have all the neurons on your belly skin, you also have your hand, which is, has so many neurons to trigger because we want to give our brain as much resources as we can because we just want to notice when it doesn't. I promise you, you're going to lose track of your breath. In the history of everyone in the entire world, no one has never not done that, including people who have meditated their whole life. So the, it's in, in, it's, it's such a meta concept. Like if you work out your legs, you understand what, I mean, you've gone upstairs, you know what it feels like to have your legs hurt. Few people actually take the time to over five minutes, notice that they've lost track of their breath and try to focus on it again. But then they're like, am I doing it? Yes. You notice that you weren't, that that's, that's what it is until you notice again. And it's such a, it's, you know, it's a, you're trying to build a mountain out of grains of sand. So at first that's going to happen and you'll have voices in your head that'll tell you, well, I'm not thinking it that, that, well, that's a negative. So clearly you just say, well, ignore that completely. I am going to focus on my breath. And for me being very verbal, I will just, when I first started, I would just say, breathe, 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 I wouldn't do that. And then at another point, I would notice that I wasn't, I was thinking about something completely different. And then like a sheer force of will, breathe, 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 like sheer force of will. Because if I was saying breath, I was, at least I was paying attention to one thing that was within that greater thing. And there's a lot of words. I hope I didn't muddy up the message too much. No, I do have a question though. I need, I need a definition. When you say meta something, what mm -hmm. do you mean by that? So, I guess as if it wasn't you. Uh, nope, that's a hard one as I say because I ran through it. You know what? I, I like the term meta so much. I shouldn't be so lazy about it. Um, it, comes <laughs> from my, it comes from my comic, my comic book roots. Uh, we have a sense of I. We have a sense of ego, but that's not us. If you think it is you then you're probably wrong and you need to subjugate it. So it's kind of objectifying it. There we go. You're making oh. an object out of it separately. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. That's mm -hmm. great. Whenever you're in the bubble, you failed. You need to pull back and watch the bubble as it were, no matter what that is. Nice. Cool. Okay, um, we need to take a break. Yes. And then we'll be right back in just a minute. All right. Stay tuned. Now we are back with Tristan Chiklowski, the awesome philosopher speaker, who is my first podcast guest ever. Um, so we're talking about mindfulness, which you build that muscle by meditation. And I wonder, do you have any, do you have any resources that you recommend people when they want to learn how to meditate? Because for some people, that is super intimidating. Yes. If, okay. you're not a, if you're not a reader, then that's fine. Most of us aren't. If you're not a listener, also okay. Uh, I will send you a list of the books that open my mind up to the concept of it. Because I find oh. that as you teach your brain something and it likes the concept, it's more willing to uh, utilize said concept. 
But I really, really like guided mind. I like guided meditations. I think if you're going to keep forgetting what you're doing, just have someone talk into your head. Most of them talk about paying attention to your body and they'll bring you back and they'll help you with a lot of the, the intention clearing up and find, find someone who does meditate and ask for their help. I mean, it, 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 can, it can be difficult because our short-term memory, our working memory is, is so hard that you could sit for 30 minutes and honestly forget completely what you were doing the whole time mm-hmm. and wake up. And probably accountability, I guess. Oh, wow. That is such a, you know what? I, I think I have a better answer. I would say make a commitment to focus on your breath for 10 minutes a day, every day for two weeks. And regardless of what you, whatever happens in that experience is Mm -hmm. almost irrelevant in the course of two weeks, giving yourself a focal point and trying again, intention, intention does everything in this world. Mm -hmm. Just maintaining that your body will not only, you know, you'll feel yourself resisting wanting to sit down and you'll learn a lot from that. You'll, after two weeks, you will notice something that is another thing that the, the thing that's really beneficial about meditation, no matter what you're doing, no matter what exercise you play, after two weeks of a consistent habit, you will physically feel having a longer burn rate, a fuse as it were, for anything coming in. It's almost always irritation or anger because that seems to be the yeah. way this, this, this being works. Mm-hmm. But you, you'll actually start to notice that you're getting angry rather than realizing that you are angry. And I have noticed that after they realize that, because again, you have to go through the process so your body has a baseline measurement because otherwise you're just talking to yourself. And the thing that talks back is louder and stronger and doesn't want to do anything new. It doesn't want to build new habits. So 10 minutes of breath meditation twice a day for two weeks, Commit having someone commit to that and then holding them accountable will give the foundation for them to be able to actually be open to what it really does. But it's a lot like running. If you've never been able to jog for more than 10 feet, it's not to jog for 10 feet for you know, three, you know, two weeks in a row and you see that you can now do 12 feet, then mm-hmm. they'll, they'll actually understand you're just, you're just speaking, you know, you're just going blah, blah, blah at their face. So a, a practice for two weeks, 10 minutes, technically five, but I mean, come on. 10 minutes. You don't have to, if you don't have 10 minutes, you should take 30. Oh, I like that. So when I teach uh, people how to manifest, you know, like when I do workshops, I do live workshops a lot. And I tell them, um, I have them write a manifesto, which, you know, is a document they write that when they read every day, they're basically speaking their dream life into reality. But they're, the thing I have them do after they read it is to sit and meditate mm. because when you want to manifest something that you don't have and you don't know how to get the meditation step is where you get your next step. So you sit and listen and an idea will come to your mind and that's your assignment. That's, that's your instructions to achieving what you want to manifest. So I do tell people to met, to meditate every day, but I tell them to do it, to listen for an answer. So I think, like, so how could you blend the just focusing on your breath meditation with the listen for your answer meditation? Can they be together? Do they need to be two separate 
sessions. 100%. So one, I love the fact that you're giving a, a live experience with other people. So that way, not only do you have the, the mirror neurons going on, you have the mob mentality in a good way that everyone is on the same wavelength and, and vibration where they all want the same things. And, uh, you know, it's not the sum of its parts. It's, it's actually greater. And believe it or not, you, they are doing a form of meditation when they are writing down their manifesto because you're asking for focused attention. You're requiring that their mind stay about one thing and not be distracted by random thoughts and you're goal orientating them. The goal of staying connected to your breath or the goal of creating a manifesto is still similar in an in intention thing. If you're not thinking awesome. about your manifesto, then you're not working on it. So what yeah. you've done is you've had them spend maybe 20 minutes doing that and now their brain is entirely filled with very persuasive neurons. Everything is firing along that. And the meditation you are technically having them perform is a form of rumination. And rumination is incredibly Ooh. powerful. It's how, we, it's how we incorporate our thoughts. It's how we connect those further neurons. It's how we see things that we couldn't normally see because when we're focused on a goal, we're trying to get to that point. But once we are ruminating, we're trying to solve the greater problem from a chaotic persuasion where anything that is possible can connect. And, and rumination is, is ultra powerful. I, 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 most people, unfortunately, get an emotional thought and then they ruminate on negative energy and the, the why question, that dirty, filthy question that we shouldn't allow ourselves to ask because it has never come up with a good answer. Right. How or what would be so much better? So. Yeah. The fact that you're having them ruminate directly after having them do an, an intense thought process mm -hmm. is so beneficial in a way that is very hard to explain because you're literally requiring them to really have a goal and then allowing their creativity to solve the problem. Beautiful. It's a, it's a handshake. Now, how do you take the mindfulness meditation aspect and incorporate it into that? Yeah. I would have them read that manifesto once, maybe twice if they're interested, and then really a 30 second to one minute breath exercise, basically mm -hmm. a centering. I have most people merely close their eyes and take a deep breath in, trying to pay attention to the entire inhale. Watch the gap between when you stop inhaling and before you start exhaling. And now try to follow it all the way down. And you'll notice when you stop exhaling, there's a gap. And then watch it all the way up. Now, if you take a focused effort to control your breath for about three of those rhythms, mm -hmm. your body, our body breathes without us. We don't have to think about it. We only control our breath when we want to, but it's actually very difficult to do it for more than four or five reps. But by bringing them in really quickly and getting them to pay attention to their body, you're actually stimulating a lot of neurons throughout the entire body, which can help you solve problems in a very, very strange way it's super exciting but i don't have a, i don't i can't explain it casually yet so i don't want to muddy up the message okay. they, they get focused and then very quickly you let your breath take over and now you're watching your breath rather than paying attention so we've gone from focus mm. to now just let's keep it in our awareness and at yeah. that point they're now from awareness rumination becomes very easy because you've now okay i'm not looking at this i'm noticing what's happening within me well, now your brain is very close to a rumination state. And since your intention isn't to go back to the breath, your intention is to find the answers that you want. Mm -hmm. And if, if you've practiced a, a, a mindfulness for a couple, uh, once you've gotten a, a base mindfulness practice, 
you'll notice when you're not thinking about manifestation related things because your butt might hurt or the person who's nasty to you at the coffee place might jump into your mind. And now that you've practiced like, oh, I'm just trying to figure out how I'm going to manifest, you can now red, you can paint red like, oh, that has nothing to do with this. Let that thought pass. But then, oh, wow, this is the idea that I would love to do to get to where I want to be. And then you can sit and you can think on that. And at a certain point, because we always lose track of what we're thinking about, you'll notice that, oh, now I'm thinking about uh, what I'm going to make for dinner. You <laughs> recenter back to the breath. You don't want to try to recenter back to the old thought you had. That's, right. a, fool, that's a fool's errand. You, you can't get that oh, thought back. You've, that's a good tip. Yes. Well, it's people think like, if I get back to that, no, you're going to get frustrated that you can't and you don't want to, it's going to be there when you need it. It's, it's gone back to the subconscious and it's going to yeah. process. It's, you know, you, it's, it's like a hot iron just because it came out and you saw what it was. It's back there. And it, when it does come back, you'll notice it'll be even better. It's why people tell you to sleep on your thoughts. You'll have the answer tomorrow. Don't try to think harder. So you center yourself. You then start to realize what is, what is your manifestation? Everything that isn't, you let pass. And labeling works really well. Oh, I'm just thinking about my day. And by labeling it, your brain can, can like objectify it, capsulize it, and it can make it easier because like to name it is to know it. That is underappreciated in the sense of what's happening in your thoughts. Like, oh, that's just an angry thought about someone that I truly do love and care about. Sweet. Now your brain's okay not thinking about it. You've kind of completed the thought. And now you're back in rumination allowing yourself to wait for the next manifestation to come into. So you've kind of have three things going on, but at its core, when you're lost, you always go back to the breath. So that way you're zeroing out and you're ready for the next manifestation to come into your consciousness. Cause you have to, you've got to let your body give it to you. And you don't want to have it muddied up with all the things that happen in your day-to-day -day life. Your environment stimulates you on a level that is hard to appreciate unless you have a regular mindfulness practice or unless you really just kind of like consider that we are our environment. We have so many more receptors that are outside of our body than our internal. We get scared when we hear a scary noise. Why? There's nothing scary out there, <laughs> but that's, that's true. And you know, when someone's mean to us, we get upset or we get anxious. Why? It has nothing to do with us. Yeah. So accepting that the, anything that's a thought process that has to do with the outside world needs to be labeled and let go of, it allows the internal brain to speak louder because you're not letting the your body or your emotions stimulate and decide what the conversation is going to be about. I love that idea to just label it and let it go. Because mm -hmm. I know so many people have trouble meditating because the thoughts come and, and they there's come. no way to let them go. I say just what I say is say, Thank you for coming. We're not thinking about you right now. You may go. Appreciate them in gratitude. Yeah. Another great, a great flaw, yeah. a great thing. The, the level two to almost all forms, and I've found that a lot of people, it has helped a lot of people is accepting the fact that that thought is going to come again. So many people are just like, oh, I'm going to let it go, but it keeps coming back. Well, now you're just, you're, you're manifesting that it's going to keep coming back. <laughs> Accept the fact that it is going to come back. Yeah. You, you said that you are going to ruminate. You're going to keep your intention. It doesn't matter how many times it knocks on the door. You'll greet it and let it go. And at a certain point, there are less neurons firing to bring it and more neurons trying to stay. But every time you engage in that thought, those neurons are firing together, which means they're wiring together. And you're losing, like, one of the best ways to get angry about not thinking about your breath 
is saying, I keep not thinking about it. No, <laughs> just think about it. It's actually that simple, not engaged, because you are, again, you go to meta, a weird level, you're basically regenerating it. That's why manifesting works on the flip side of that coin. The mm -hmm. fact that you keep saying, well, I just keep thinking about it, and you're going to as long as you say that, instead yeah. of getting back to what I said, pay attention to your breath, ignore everything else. Well, focus on your manifestation and nothing else. And anytime anything else comes up, just accept the fact that that's going to happen. Greet yeah. it with love and kindness and then go right, almost ignore it. If you had someone come into your house and you blatantly ignored them, they would leave and you'd never have to say, you'd never have to kick them out. Totally leave. They, they would because they wouldn't know what to do. You're not acknowledging their yeah. presence. Yeah, that's you, a funny way to look at it. It's just incredibly true. And it's, you know, you, you'd feel rude doing it, but like, it's a really good example. You <laughs> just didn't acknowledge what you didn't want to have in your existence. Most of it would go away. That is awesome. And when you said that um, when something comes and you, you know, you get mad and, and think, I don't want to think about this right now, or, you know, mm -hmm. why do I keep thinking about this? Your subconscious takes all of your thoughts and words as instructions. Especially questions. It answers yes, every question you ask it. Especially questions. And it doesn't hear negative qualifiers. So, like, if you want to say, I really want to stop thinking about this, it doesn't hear the word stop and it makes you keep thinking about it because it interpreted what you said as, I really want to keep thinking about this. Yeah. The subject is that it's X and it's yeah. going to keep doing X. Right. So just label it and let it go with gratitude. I love it. That's such a good solution. I also find laughter and smiling. Um, it, it's kind of, it's a little hard because we live in a very sensitive culture now where comedy, if it doesn't make you laugh, it, it offends you, which makes this concept a little harder to understand. But uh, animals laugh. And what laughter is in, in the brain is uh, there's an extreme. And what it allows you to do is it allows you to crack it and immediately pick a new pathway. Uh, when you don't, you tend to get offended or you get emotionally charged. But you can literally laugh off anything because laughing as an emotion will supersede anything below it. It's very, that's why, that's why it exists, believe it or not. It's a way of letting go. So okay. when, I, when I catch myself getting into a rage, because there are times where my ADHD is so intense that there's nothing I can do except for thinking about other thoughts, that I will just smile. And I'm like, <laughs> apparently it wants to go everywhere. And then the second I say that, I go right back to my breath. I don't justify, I don't do anything. I label the fact that this is happening so strongly, but I laugh. Sometimes it's an internal laugh with a smirk. Sometimes it's a verbal laugh because my body wants to fully embody it and realize it. But laughing at yourself when you can't get back to what your intention was, has been a cheat code to get back there, you, it's, it's so, it's amazing. I mean, I laugh thinking about it. It's just, it's so powerful. Laugh at it and it will really give you a doorway of getting right back to it because isn't it silly that your brain is working so hard against you? Yes. Like, that's a silly concept. It's supposed to be on my team. And I, so I, I laugh at myself all the time because I have no control of what I am. I'm going to accept it, but I'm going to do my best to keep my intentions and my conscious mind goal-orientated so that way I'm getting quality answers and I'm solving the problem of a happy existence. And even a problem, you could argue, isn't the best word. <laughs> right. That's awesome. You're very wise. You're very wise for your age. I appreciate it. I've spent a lot of agonizing time trying to figure it out. This doesn't <laughs> help. You know, it comes from a struggle. 
Uh, and very, anxiety has made life very hard and emotional regulation, which is a concept not enough people learn about, but being ADHD, you become very familiar with the inability to regulate how you feel and also not have a context for it. As mm -hmm. when you're a child, the world is always ending, but as you grow up around, I like to say 25 is really the part where it seems to be very loud. It's almost like you seem to have a voice in your head that says, wait a minute, this is just this and it's not as big of a deal, it's a qualifier. Well, for me, I never feel that way. I'm very self-centered in my thoughts and they're very, I don't care about anything except for how that is and that made it very loud. So I had to become very rational about why this wasn't acceptable and it was a real struggle for a long time and I, I don't take any pharmaceuticals because I really respect my neurochemistry and I'm not to say that they can't be a tool to use, right. but I really think meditation would get you a better, a, con a better idea of what your conscious experience is and you could manage it more rather than shutting off your, your dopamine and your, and your serotonin. These, I mean, these are, these are neurons that flies and, and I mean, lobsters have a serotonin system and they're literally water insects. If we're talking evolution, it's one of the most base creatures we have. And it just, it was a lot of struggle. I still, I still battle the, the, the dark, that, that, the dark side of my personality, but it's also where my, it's also where my competitive nature comes from. And if I was Kobe, no one would be upset with that competition <laughs> you know? uh, or Michael Jordan. I mean, you, you see those two people, they don't win because they want to, they win because there was no other choice allowed in their conscious experience. You know, mm -hmm. if you, if you watch any interview about, about them, they haven't, it's not free will that makes them work hard. The concept of not winning, is such a powerful motivator that free their their free will has no no say in it. They couldn't just not care about a loss, no matter how hard they wanted to. Yeah. For me, it was it's it's somewhat similar. I I appreciate it because there is no light without the dark. I don't think bad is negative. I think we're all in a game where it's good versus evil. And if evil isn't winning, sometimes how can good be victorious? But good without evil is. It's, it's not there and being very dualistic about it just lets you be very measured and level-minded. I mean, at its core, the reason you're not happy with your life is you're unsatisfied. Right. Right. And unsatisfaction right. is a negative feeling, but there's nothing negative about what it's trying to do for you, but it can generate a lot of things with it. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. So if somebody wanted to follow up with you or learn more from you, where where shall we send them? The TMC Project on Facebook is one of the best places. Uh, mm -hmm. The TMC has a lot of mindfulness things, also a lot of keto things. I think having a better relationship with your body is one of the mm -hmm. first ways of also really getting uh, you know mindful about how you work. Hangry is something that we all laugh about. Again, laughter lets you wipe it off. But if you took it very serious, how much hanger controls your neurochemistry? <laughs> you wouldn't disrespect your body by giving it carbs all the time. Um, yeah. And it seems disrespectful. So uh, same thing with really, it's the TMC project everywhere. If you send me a message and you're looking to find really how to figure out how you work, yeah, I'd love to help. Uh, if you focus on your strengths, everything else becomes easier. I learned that I like thought manipulation and I like to make things easy to understand to help people move to their next stage, to kind of subjugate their magician, let them, know that this is what this is how it works this is what's important and you don't need to know it all i think of a car you know how to drive you have no idea how a car works i think most right. people think of 
life and solutions backwards. So like, well, if I don't know how a combustion engine works and how hydraulic fluid brakes work and how mirrors reflect what's coming behind me, I can't drive. It's absolutely not true. You could literally just learn how to drive a car and not worry about all of those things. And yeah. strength finding is a really good way of doing it. Nice. You give really good analogies. I appreciate that. I've, I love I, it. I, it's a weird, it's a weird skill I seem to have. I have a lot yeah. of mis- I can't tell you how many times when I'm practicing and throwing them out there, people just look at me cross-eyed like, "What are you talking about?" All right, swing and a miss. I'll, I'll try again next time. <laughs> Analogies. I'm glad you keep trying. Yeah. Well, it's a, again, you're you're constantly trying to reframe the way your brain is considering something so that way you can onboard it into your software. Mm-hmm. And, and analogies yeah. are really, really good at doing that for the same reason that manifesting is a really good way of finding what you want in life. You're reframing yeah. the way your yeah. subconscious works so that way your conscious mind is on board because it is a battle. The yin yang is a symbol of your subconscious and your conscious mind constantly at war with each other but they're always going to be there and they're always technically working towards the same goal. They just have very different energies. Yeah. Cool. So the, the TCM project, TMC, the mindfulness challenge. It's okay. The mindfulness challenge. Yeah. The mindfulness challenge, TMC project. And if they go to, if they go to Facebook, what do they type in to find that? The TMC project. No spaces or with spaces? No spaces. The TMC project, the Mindfulness Challenge project. And I'll make sure you have all the URLs that way on the page yes. notes for the podcast. They'll be, I'm pretty lazy. Yeah. I want everything to be clickable. Yes, That's thank part. you. Give me After all your links. Yeah, I'd love for people to reach out. Uh, I'd really love to help them because most people want a better life, but they don't need to learn how to do it. They just need to learn the ways of doing it. Yeah, like driving a car without understanding combustion engines. Exactly. I love that. Sweet. Well, this has been awesome. I think you knocked it out of the park. I'm excited. Thank you very much. I appreciate okay. it. And thank you for making me your first guest. I'm truly You're grateful. So welcome. Yay. Good. And before we go, can I make a suggestion for you? I would love feedback. You have a great voice. I think you should make mindfulness guided meditation audios. When you say I have a great voice, you're saying that the way my voice sounds to you has a positive feeling? Yes. Oh, thank you. I'm very self-conscious about how much I don't like my voice. What? <laughs> it's all low self-esteem in here. That's how I, that's how I, why I'm trying to be better. <laughs> I can listen to your voice all day. Oh, my God. That warms my heart. I'm going to yeah. try not to cry. Thank you. You're welcome. You have that, an awesome no, voice. Got a lot of it. Thank you. Uh, I, 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 hopefully, you'll follow up with me because I would I – would, I would like you to help reinforce that because the voice in my head disagrees. And if you think <laughs> that would add to the world, I don't want to let me get in the way of me. That's good. That's, that's anti that's manifestation. That's you letting you yes. have a problem. And if right. you feel that way, I can't listen to what I think. Mm-hmm. I just want to be the vessel that creates. So yeah. thank you so much. I thought it would be feedback yeah. on talking too much. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was a, a way to get out to the world more and be more awesome. I will, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll do the first one on how to line up intentions so that way you can have something to give to your audience that will let them know when they're yes. thinking and not thinking because that'll, that'll be exciting. Like a free gift for my audience? A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Force me, force me to have it done within two weeks. Okay. A lot of work on you because it means you've got to hold me to the fire because I'm just, I get distracted. But I think it would be worth it. And if you're willing to hold me accountable, I would love to Absolutely. create something for your audience. 
Thank you. I will. I will hound you until you do it. It's funny, even as you say it, I'm like, the voice in my head is like, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> why did I just commit to that? Because I want to add value in spite of myself. I know I'm lazy and easily distracted. I don't want to get in my own way. That's what knowing your strengths is. Yes. Do not let yourself get in your own way. Figure out a way to trick the game. And That's I know, just, yeah, no, just knowing that I won't do it doesn't mean I'll do anything I can to make it hard to fail. Accountability <laughs> seems to be like really useful. Just, it's a very painful hey. Sweet, that's super exciting. I'm I'm excited about it, even though I'm very good. <laughs> excitement and apprehension are so kissing cousins. Awesome. Good. Yes, is I there, will hound you. Is there anything else I can do for you before we end? Nope. I'm just excited to get that meditation. It's gonna I'm, be awesome. I'm super excited that you are. That 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 generates me to do it more. I know you've got some things going on right now too that are worth mentioning though, because I see you online all the time. Because you're not just trying to help people manifest, you're also teaching them how to drive, aren't you? Yes, I am. Because my, so my underlying goal is to help people get out and change the world. So they can't change the world if they can't manifest money, if they can't manifest self-esteem, and they can't change the world if they can't figure out how to use social media. 100%. So sometimes, I, I know sometimes I might look like I'm a little disjointed in what I do, but it's all connected. It, it all goes together. So I kind of consider myself less of a manifesting coach and more of a visibility coach, you know, be, be seen and be heard. Yeah. Be seen and be heard and feel like you're worth it and change your life so that you can get out and do it. So it's all related to me, even though it, it may sound like it's not related at all. So, yeah, that's beautiful. So what is the course that you're, you have releasing soon? Cause I keep seeing it and hearing about it. So be seen and be heard. Yeah. It's called how to be a social media rock star. And I have, so I have 20 modules that I teach people how to do everything 20 modules. on social media. That's powerful. Yeah. It's really big. It's a big, long course. And it also comes with private coaching sessions and like everything you need to, to get out and be seen on social media and start making a difference in the world. Well, I can say this. I only know about you because of what you're doing on social media. So it's working and you always want to learn from someone who's doing it. So I, I, I'm personally going to recommend that they check it out. Thank you. Thank you so much. Maybe I'll drop my link in there too. I a hundred percent. Definitely. Please. We want to make it easy. Don't, if someone's interested, don't make them look for it. That's almost a little rude. Yeah, that's a good point. And you know, yeah, I forget that. I forget so, that. So thank you for reminding so me. So do I. So do I. <laughs> it's our nature. That's why I'm here to help. Thank you so yeah. much for having me, Kelly. I genuinely You're so welcome. Thank you. And thank you for being my first guest. Thank you for having me as your first guest. You're welcome. Oh, I have dogs too. Is that your? Uh, no, I have neighbors. Neighbors? Oh, you have neighbors. I kicked my dog out, so he'd be quiet. Oh, they're outside and on a second floor. They're just really big dogs. Wow, scary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to cut that out, and I'm going to stop recording. Hey, thanks for listening to my podcast. If you need more manifesting in your life, you could join my free Facebook group where I do free manifesting coaching every Monday morning. And you can find my group called We Are Masters of Manifesting. If you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we are masters of manifesting. Also, if you'd like to get a hold of me personally, 
send me an email at kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at iloveawesome.com. That's kelly at iloveawesome.com. And if you just want to go ahead and get yourself a manifesto written, you can go to manifestoinabox.com and purchase a complete do-it-yourself manifesto kit that walks you through step-by-step from beginning to end how to write your own manifesto. A manifesto is how I have completely changed my life and I highly recommend everyone have one. Again, that's manifestoinabox.com. So thanks again for listening and I will see you guys next time.